Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Housing Wire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the Housing Wire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode features an exclusive interview with First American's chief economist, Mark Fleming. In this episode, Fleming discusses his recent report that examines the U.S. housing market's lack of housing inventory and why he believes this historic shortage is likely to continue into 2021. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? HousingWire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything, except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation, hosted by me, Brenda Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Hello, Housing Wire guests. Today, I'm joined by First American's Chief Economist, Mark Fleming. Mark, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's get started by discussing your recent article titled, Why the Big Short in Housing Supply Will Remain in 2021. You mentioned that up until recently, housing affordability has actually improved due to historically low mortgage rates. And you also point out that for the second month in a row now, the real house price index has increased. What is the significance of the index rising and what does this indicate about the state of home prices at this time? Yeah, so we have to do a little bit of uh, math mental gymnastics here because our real house price index is really a measure of affordability, but it goes in reverse direction. So rising real house prices um, mean falling or worse affordability. Uh, Another way to think about it is um, the inflation adjustment concept with milk, right? If uh, the price of milk goes up relative to your income, your purchasing power goes down. The real house price index is basically the milk equivalent for the housing market. And so, yes, the last two months we've seen rising real house prices and that's, um, you know, interest rates have remained relatively stable, but, um, you know, there's pandemic based pressure on incomes and that's a function of your ability to buy a home and that's relatively flat. And the big supply shortage is driving prices faster. So what it's really telling us is that house prices are going up faster than incomes are right now. And so affordability is falling, not unlike if the gallon of milk 
gets more expensive relative to the amount of income growth you have, you can buy less milk. Same idea. Let's discuss supply. This is something we've been looking at closely, given how hot the housing market has been this year. In your report, you highlight that the average homeowner's tenure length is at an all-time high of 10 and a half years. How is this impacting would-be how is this impacting would-be home buyers? And are there any other factors to be considered? Well, the unfortunate truth is you can't buy what's not for sale. And the housing market's uh, you know, supply inventory comes almost entirely from existing homeowners. Uh, so if that existing homeowner is choosing to stay in their home longer, the tenure length is measuring that amount of time people are staying put and not moving or selling their home. If there's nothing to sell, there's nothing to buy. And so inventory is tight, tenure length is up, existing homeowners aren't bringing their homes to market. And so that potential first-time home buyer is having a really hard time finding something to buy. That then plays into house prices, obviously, because you know then there becomes significant bidding wars for that which is for sale, uh, which escalates prices. So we have to remember that house prices are the result of the supply and demand dynamic. They're not something else. They're a reflection of the imbalance. And we are seeing basically, you know, as the title of the post suggests, the big short is a, a significant shortage, a historic shortage in housing in the United States today. And we're going to touch on that in just a few, but looking at another challenge for the inventory market, let's talk about home building. You mentioned that home builders have responded to the supply shortage. However, due to the housing supply being underbuilt for more than a decade, it will likely take years for construction to close the gap. Since this is a need, is there anything the industry or government can do to close this gap faster? Well, the industry is doing everything that it can, right? The They're you know, basically getting back to a pace of uh, delivery of new homes that is sort of sort of the regular normal, about a million a year. Um, the challenge is that we've been underbuilding for about a decade. And in that same amount of time of underbuilding and, you know, a significant contraction after the global financial crisis in the construction market, um, they sort of went from 60 to zero, and now they're back to 60, right, miles an hour. Um, at the same time, we've had this huge influx of millennial-driven household formation demand, whether it's to rent early on and now to buy. There are a lot more households in the United States who want shelter, and that underbuilding process has led to a significant debt. The good news is um, the, the builders themselves are doing all that they can. The challenge is in many parts of the country, it's very difficult to be able to build in large scale volumes. That's why we see most home building happening in the Southeast and across the Sun Belt rather than in places like the Mid-Atlantic where I am now in Washington and Philadelphia, New York, and the, and the coastal markets in California, Oregon, and, and Seattle. So um, how from a you know, government or a policy perspective is how do we make it easier to build more homes? So what else can we do to fix this shortage in the housing market and our aging supply of the housing stock? Uh, when you look at housing policy um, in this country, it's mostly demand driven. That is, we're trying to find lots of different ways to make buying a home more affordable, right? If you think about uh, the um, GSE um, mandates and low, low down payment loans for first time home buyers and, you know, right now, significantly historically low mortgage rates, which increase buying power. This is all driving the demand side of the market. That's all well and fine when there's lots of supply relative to demand that actually helps people get into homes. 
But when you're in an environment with really tight supply and you put pressure on the demand side, make it, you know, increase demand through policy, that just inflates house prices even faster. So the solution really needs to be supply side oriented solutions. How do you drive the ability to build more homes and sell more homes? And that's less a federal issue than it is a state and local issue because much of that is driven by regulatory and zoning criteria. So policy prescriptions to solve the problem have to be really done at the local level, not the federal level. The key takeaway in your article is the big short in housing supply will continue into 2021. What are the implications for lenders going forward? Right. Well, let's see. Rates will stay low. Millennials will still demand homes. Existing homeowners still won't bring them to market. So, uh, you know, redo of 2020 sans pandemic. (laughs) Right. Um, And, uh, you know, it's turned out that 2020 might be one of the best years we've ever had in the mortgage market. Purchases are likely to be the best in a decade and refis the second best only after 2012. So even with the pandemic, the um, mortgage finance market did great. Next year, the key will certainly have to be is how do we focus on um, the purchase market and the supply constraints? Because if you're not, you know, refinances will fade. Um, maybe not next year. We'll see if rates, you know, rates go up or we just run out of people to refinance. But the focus will eventually have to be on the purchase side of the market. And just as a millennial can't buy what's not for sale, a mortgage lender can't lend to someone who's not buying what's not for sale. So they're dependent in that sense. Interesting. Well, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add today? I, I would just, you know, here we are a couple of weeks from the end of the year. And I think um, back in March, all of the, the all of us who were participants in the housing market, you know, we got nervous like everybody else about what was going to happen given the pandemic. And I think, you know, we turned out to be the most resilient industrial segment of the United States with regard to the pandemic. And I think that just is a testament to the hard work and innovation that so many members of um, of our community and our market have done. And so I would just like to say kudos to everybody who's listening who helped make 2020 such a great year. And as you said, you know, we're expecting 2021 to be good as well. Well, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.